0: Theatrical Shenanigans with Hannah Kennedy. Hello there and welcome once again to another Theatrical Shenanigan. I hope you're all very well out there wherever you're listening from. For those new to these Theatrical Shenanigans, I am your host and producer Rachel Feeney-Williams and every fortnight I bring you a play written by a playwright and performed by actors from anywhere in the world. But not only that, I get to have a chat about the play with a fabulous guest. My guest this week describes herself as a writer based in the UK, but they are so much more than that. Having been involved in the arts world for over five years in all sorts of different mediums, it's a great joy to have them with me. Please welcome
1: to Theatrical Shenanigans, Hannah Kennedy. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a very lovely introduction. (laughs) You're welcome. It's a great joy to have you here. Thank you.
0: So you have um, a list of achievements, productions and projects. It would actually take me the entire episode to read. Uh, (laughs) But let's take it back to the beginning.
1: How did you get started? Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I think that I always had a real fascination with uh, theatre and that world. And back in the day when there used to be a lot of, uh, well, sort of pre- the beginning of the pandemic when there was a lot a lot of scratch nights and um mm. uh, particularly in london um and sort of just kind of made my way up through the through the industry through these little scratch nights through these sort of emerging new writing events yeah been been an interesting journey to get to where i am yeah
0: so theater was the medium that you started with because i know there are uh, some writers who may have started in short stories or poetry that i've spoken to in the past so you were kind of you were you were in theater from the ground upwards i suppose
1: yeah i think if i went if i went all the way back um my sort of first uh relationship that i had with writing was probably fan fiction and mm. uh, sort of uh these little stories um like i think probably the first script i ever wrote was like a doctor who fan script when I was like 12 Mm. so I think I probably came through and then sort of into sort of prose and and fan fiction and things that way Mm. um and then kind of just forgot that I could be a writer in theatre I thought if I wanted (laughs) to be in theatre I just had to be an actor and then one day just sort of the two things joined together and oh yes now I can do both things that I like Mm. so yeah
0: so do you have um I suppose, key moment is the phrase I use in your career so far. Obviously, you've still got projects and things that you're doing, but is there anything that kind of sticks out in your mind?
1: Yeah, I I suppose the... The 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 t- first time I kind of went, Oh, actually, I'm quite sort of proud of myself and proud of everything I've done and wasn't um I think as I think as creators we're kind of naturally quite critical of ourselves. Oh um, God, yes. I, <laughs> uh but I had a I was commissioned by the University of Chichester for their um sort of third year BA acting students to write this mm. play and it had 16 actors in it and it was sort of like this kind of interweaving. Um, story mm. and I kind of went and I've been talking to the director about it and I watched it and I and I had this sort of moment for, for the first time where I went oh yeah I wrote that this is here because I, I wrote these characters and I think from then on I, I sort of I felt able to call myself a writer before yeah. then I felt a little bit like oh I sort of write I write things but I'm not a writer
0: but you've also worked both in live theater and in uh digital film so how
1: did you make the transition between the two yeah i that, it's so interesting that uh, digital sort of theater and digital uh sort of work it kind of not quite film not quite theater it, it really sort of took a um sort of within the industry it had this massive uh push uh, when everyone was at home mm. and couldn't go and do sort of live work and um it's I sort of applied a lot of the stuff that I learned through writing for theatre to that digital work that was the stuff that excited me the most when digital theatre was really kind of at its height and I hope it continues to kind of find its place I think there's like a lot of resistance within the industry about I guess, like, what theatre is and how that relates to digital theatre, and I really hope that creators continue to kind of discover that and whatever it is. Um, Yeah, and I'm always really excited about it. Whenever I see something new um, that I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that's what theatre could be. I'm always really excited by it, and um, yeah. Yeah, I hope people continue to push that, yeah.
0: Mm, But that's a really healthy approach to have to theatre, because I've said this before, theatre is a constantly developing organism. It's never
1: stagnant and i think that's the way it always should be yeah totally i mean we're not we're not telling stories the same way that you know the greeks told them when they were telling like the odyssey you yeah. know and and like that that like that's still like a completely valid piece of theater but it's theater's evolved with the stories that we want mm. to tell and who we are as creators and who we are as like a society um and um it's something i hope like a different establishments like keep in mind that just because that's the way it always has been doesn't mean that's the way it always should be you know yeah so
0: yeah, de- definitely um before we move on to the play do you have anything on the horizon that you'd like to tell my many listeners about <laughs>
1: oh well what what I'll say is i don't know how much i'm allowed to say for certain things at the moment okay. but but you know I'll, if you if you're interested i guess i'm on twitter yeah things are things are in the pipeline i just don't know when they'll be out and about which is really unhelpful um, no that's but... <laughs> fine it gives us a
0: chance to wait with bated breath
1: <laughs> yes yes
0: Now that you know about our guest, I can talk to you about our playwright for this week. Jack Rushton is the director of New Play Programmes at Greenwich Theatre Company, a founder and facilitator of the Playwrights Collaborative, and a long-time collaborator with the Actors Studio of Newburyport, Massachusetts. 40 of Jack's short plays have been produced at more than 180 festivals worldwide, and he did take the time to pass on the fact that he's thrilled to be taking part in Theatrical Shenanigans' second season, which is always nice to hear. Jack's play that we will hear shortly is entitled Remembering Elizabeth and was inspired by Jack's father and his ongoing illness. Jack said, I imagine the moment where he would rise up once more and be his old self again, even for just a few moments, which is a beautiful source of inspiration. And before sharing the play, I want to share Jack's kind message to his inspiration. Thanks, Dad, for everything you did and everything you tried to do. Love, Jack. Theatrical Shenanigans presents... Remembering Elizabeth by Jack Rushton.
2: I don't remember much anymore. I used to have a a great memory, terrific with telephone numbers, and people's birthdays and anniversaries. But these days it's like this sponge of a brain of mine is drying out and it doesn't hold the same memories in its nooks and crannies anymore. Nooks and crannies. What the heck is a cranny? How should I know? So I make a lot of lists. shopping lists, to-do lists, lists of people's birthdays so I can send them a card. I'm even laying out my clothes the night before like I'm ten again. But that has more to do with remembering to put them on. I was on the bus the other day. Where was I going? To the doctor's. And there was this old woman sitting next to me. Now... When I say old, I mean older than me. And she was looking at a list, which I assume she had written, and it said, Monday, get on the bus at 7.30am. Tuesday, get on the bus at 7.40am, etc., etc. And while I know I'm bad, I guess she's worse, because I knew why I was on the bus And I was wondering if she did. Anyway, I made a new list today. Well, it's not really a list because it only has one word on it. Oh, where is it? Oh, I can't find it. Make a new one. B-R-E-A-T-H-E Breathe. Yes, sometimes I need to remind myself to breathe, especially through the nose, so the air goes deep into my lungs. Like this. That always makes me feel better.
3: What did the doctor say?
2: I can't remember.
3: We don't know exactly what the trouble is. We'd find out if he actually went and got tested. But I think it's just a part of getting older and without reminding yourself what to do and when to do it, you just plain forget. There are so many details in daily life. Maybe we just get overly saturated. So when that one extra detail gets added on top, it's like, plop, out go all these other details. So especially for Albert, making these lists really help. And truth be told, I make a few of my own. And the funny thing is that I don't feel any different than when I was younger. Oh, sure, I can't do the physical things I used to do, and I don't think I'd want to go hot air ballooning any time soon. But I still think the same way as I used to, and it's like my body is trapping me from doing the things that I used to do so easily. I always enjoy remembering the way things were, though, but for Albert, sometimes he can't even do that. You're
2: Elizabeth, right? It's like it starts floating away.
3: Here, put it somewhere safe.
2: Elizabeth.
3: That's right, I'm Elizabeth, your second wife with the same name as your first. Do
2: I have a third?
3: No, Albert, you've only been married twice.
2: What if I want a third?
3: (laughs) (laughs) You better not,
2: you old coot. Why do you have the same name? I don't know.
3: Maybe it's because you like the name Elizabeth.
2: Come to think of it, I do. It's my favourite.
3: So now you have it on a piece of paper and you'll always remember to call me Elizabeth.
2: What happens if it... Gets bad and, and I don't recognise you.
3: Well, we could always take pictures and then you can keep those in your pocket. So if you get a little confused, you can look at them like one of your lists.
2: You're a practical
3: Elizabeth. Practically Elizabeth? You used to say that when we first dated. I did. This was not your average date, our first date. Albert was a bit of a daredevil and he convinced me to meet him near Nashua on the side of a country road on Route 102, I think. Now, if my sister's husband wasn't his friend... You remember B and Antony, don't you? B and Antony? Sure, of course I do. Good. Then I would have thought he was some kind of axe murderer or something. But anyway, I agreed to meet him and then he led me to some country store's parking lot and I parked my car and got into his...
2: A Pontiac Granville convertible, midnight blue.
3: With a white leather interior. And we drove a few miles to a big open field and what was sitting there but a giant hot air balloon. With blue and white stripes. Like the colours of his car. And the hot air balloon operator said, Hiya, folks. And I asked Albert, Where's everybody else? And he said, Elizabeth, this empty field and this giant balloon are just for you on our first date. And you said, Well, that's not very practical. And you laughed and said, Ah, so you're a practical Elizabeth. And then Bob the balloon man chimed in, Mr. Albert, she's practically Elizabeth. And then you chuckled and told him, Bob, I'm getting a second chance. I loved you right then and there. Old
2: Bob. He knew my first Elizabeth from the school she taught at. He did the grounds there and moonlighted as a hot air balloon man. Oh... Maybe it was the other way around. And I knew him because I I used him for a landscaping job once. Actually, he built a blue stone patio for me. And he was like an artistic jigsaw puzzle solver, fitting those funny shaped stones this way and that. I remember it took him three whole days to fit it together and I also remember how damn proud he was of his job when he was finished. Anyway, after Elizabeth died from her cancer, God rest her soul, he said to me at the service, Mr. Albert, they just don't make them any better than her, which was certainly a kind thing for him to say.
3: You've told that story before, of course, but that's the first time you've included the blue stone patio.
2: Well, I can see it clear as day. Are you sure I've never mentioned it? Practically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe today's a good memory day after all. Sometimes there are bad memory days and sometimes I have good memory days. And I'm not even talking about how good my memory is on a particular day. What I mean is, some days I only remember the bad things that have happened in my life. And then other days I only remember the good things that have happened. And old Bob and his hot air balloon is one of the best memories I have.
3: When did Bob die? Has he? You should probably check your birthday card list. If he's crossed off, then you'll know. OK. Ah,
2: OK. There's Albert. Oh, (laughs) that's me. Do you send yourself a birthday card? No, that's for me to remind you to give me one. And there's Alexander.
3: My sister's boy.
2: Right, and Antony and B and Betty.
3: Who's Betty? Your cousin in Connecticut.
2: Oh, of course, my first cousin. And there's Bob. With a line crossed through his name.
3: Albert, I'm sorry to ask, but do you remember how he died? He? He had an accident, didn't he? What kind of accident? Well, in that
2: blue and white striped balloon of his. Yes, sure. I remember now, he had stayed out too long at dusk, or the wind wasn't right, or, or maybe it was for both reasons. Yes, yes it was. An old bob hit a power line near Pleistow. Sure, it was all in the papers. Hot air balloon crashes in Plaistow. Three dead. And.
3: uh, And. Wait. There's something else, isn't there? Yes, there is. When we first went up in the balloon that day, it was like I could see the curve of the earth. The ocean to the east, a huge field of blue, and the white mountains to the north. They had snow on them, and you held my hand as we floated so high and far and higher still. No clouds, and the sun so bright, even though down below it would be setting soon on the horizon.
2: I've always liked holding your hand.
3: Bob always had a smile on his face, and I'm sure he had a crush on your first Elizabeth. She was very attractive, Albert. Albert. And like you said, he always took a lot of pride in his work, no matter what he did. So when he took that young couple on a private ride, like the one he took us on, on our first date, you thought it was a great idea and a perfect present for their anniversary. Their first anniversary. Do you want this now? What's that? Help me remember Elizabeth on the 3rd. That's today.
2: Bob made that bluestone patio for Elizabeth.
3: He made it for your daughter, Catherine Elizabeth, when she married Ben. Ben? You always called him Big Ben because he was so tall. My daughter and Big Ben? Bob made the patio as a wedding present for your daughter Elizabeth when she married Ben. Not for your wife, Albert, but for your daughter. And then you ask Bob to take Elizabeth and Ben on a private balloon ride for their first anniversary. Today's the third. I'm sorry, Albert.
2: Catherine Elizabeth.
3: I'll make some tea. <sighs> this,
2: is, this is my birthday card list. There's Betty and a crossed off Bob here, but but there's no Ben. There isn't a single C, so she's not here. There's no Catherine Elizabeth here. Maybe it's on the anniversary list. What did you say? It was their first anniversary on the third. There's no one here with the third for an anniversary. Breathe, Albert, breathe. Quit telling me to breathe like I'm sick or something. She had the same hair and eyes as her mother. And they sparkled when she laughed. Catherine Elizabeth. And she was a practical one, like you. And that Ben was so lucky to have her. I liked him. I did. You know I did. But when they married, I lost her just a little more. And I'd already lost all of her mother. I should never have asked Bob to take them up in that damn balloon but I thought it would be a perfect present, a limitless sky, a new beginning, like you and I had. I'll never forgive myself for that. No, I won't. Not then, not now, not ever. Take these, will you? Take them all. Throw them away. I'm sick of them. If I need new ones, I'll make more tomorrow. And, hey, did you forget about the tea? I don't want to have to start making lists for you too.
3: It's a good and bad memory day, Albert. Today they go together.
0: A wonderfully touching and heartbreaking piece there. That was Jack Hibbon as Albert and Gilly Stoneman as Elizabeth in Remembering Elizabeth by Jack Rushton. So, Hannah, what did you think?
1: Oh, I think it's uh, it's such a poignant story at the moment and I think it's something that so many people can relate to. Yeah, I think there's so many people who who um, have been touched by the sort of themes mm. in this story and I think a lot of stories like this have the potential to be quite patronizing but I think this felt really honest and Mm. um kind of explored in a really sensitive way yeah yeah
0: and I I think with it being um uh, Alzheimer's related it's one of the more horrible things to go through um I mean because losing control of yourself physically is one thing but forgetting those you love, forgetting events that have occurred in your life or which person applied to what event, it's a horrible, uneasy feeling. And you definitely get that impression in the way Albert talks about his lists and what he remembers about his life and then his slow discovery that his life isn't the way he remembered it in the first place.
1: Yeah, no, one of the questions I sort of came to me as I was listening to it was that, um, you know, is it was it kinder to allow him to forget
0: and to me that the the fundamental kind of at its center um as well as being a very real moment about this horrible um disease and condition it's also almost a celebration of them as a couple because they have stood strong together through it and they're still standing strong despite how horrible the things Elizabeth has to make Albert remember
1: like you said it's like it's it is it feels like it's a love letter to them and everything that they've been through as much as it is um kind of bringing awareness to like living with alzheimer's yeah
0: yeah and i say that we we build theater as much about character as we do about story and these characters speak volumes yeah
1: completely (laughs) all of that all that guilt and all that love and all that complexity and Mm. that anger and the patience, all of it's just so uh, it's, you know, in such a short period of time, all of it's so packed in there. And it feels like I just want to unpick everything that they're saying and everything that's inferred. And it's interesting because I love that kind of theater where I feel like I'm a fly on the wall and I don't really feel like I should be witnessing it. And it really feels like that. It feels like I've completely encroached on something really personal um, Mm. and private um, which is sort of wonderful and and makes me uncomfortable in a good way you know. Yeah so
0: the three kind of fundamentals to to theatre for me are that it entertains, um, that it makes you um, feel and that it is in itself an experience and you've already touched on the fact of being a fly on the wall but I don't think you could walk away from this, a piece of this nature with this kind of central topic and not feel something.
1: Yeah, totally. I think it, like you said, that kind of that feeling and also the entertainment, because it's funny. That's, that's mm. something that I think is really disarming about it is it's really funny. Like the, that whole like writing of the list things feels really relatable. And something that I do is like, I'm writing my lists and, you know, when I feel anxious or overwhelmed, when, my loved ones are like breathe, and I'm like stop, stop telling me to breathe. Like I know, mm-hmm. and that kind of that relatability is it makes you feel something, and it and it entertains you, it makes you laugh, and all those things kind of work in. What um, they complement each other and and leave you with, yeah, with with a lot of thoughts. I like I had a lot of questions and was sort of ruminating over it for, a, for a, for a while after I listened, and I think that's really powerful to to have something that's just sort of lingering in your mind yeah
0: for taking all those thoughts and all those questions into consideration what is your overall uh impression of the piece as a whole
1: um my so my overall impression of the piece is that it feels like it speaks to this uh universal um experience of having loved ones who you feel like you're losing whether that mm. be uh, through Alzheimer's or through a different illness or whether it's just through like a relationship slipping away mm-hmm. and not knowing necessarily how to handle that but also that kind of strength of relationship and I think that that's such an achievement to to have something that feels very specific and very much about these specific characters but is also massively universal um in the way that it's exploring them so yeah
0: No, I I can completely and utterly agree. Um, We are now, unfortunately, running out of time because I get the feeling we could sit and discuss this for days. But Hannah, it has been absolutely a privilege to have you on. Thank you so much for
1: joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been been wonderful.
0: (laughs) So there you go. Two shenanigans down, but eight more still to come, as well as our Christmas special at the end of the year. And I hope you can join me for all of them. Our next episode in two weeks' time will have a comedy play with a bit of a spooky undertone, so make sure you don't miss it. In the meantime, I've been Rachel Feeney-Williams, this is Theatrical Shenanigans, bringing you down the curtain and saying I hope you can join me next time. Theatrical Shenanigans was an RFW Scripts production with music written and produced by Chris Cody.